Hey there, Film Buds. Welcome back to the Film Buds podcast. I'm your host, Paul. And I'm Lauren. And uh, it's Christmas weekend, everybody. It is. It's the, the eve of the eve. Um, we're also in the middle of Hanukkah right now. So happy holidays, everybody. Yes. Um, it's, a, it's a fun time of year. And uh, we decided, you know, especially since we've been getting so much stuff, you know, and we've been doing all this for your consideration stuff, uh, we decided that we would do for this week's episode both a movie that is out today and a movie that is out next week. Um, and so for today's episode, we're going to be doing Glass Onion and White Noise. Um, both of them are from Netflix, but before we get into that, um, dear... How have you enjoyed um, what we have seen from the For Your Consideration films? And uh, are you looking forward to Christmas tomorrow? Sat- Sunday. Sunday. Whatever. <laughs> um, Alright, so I guess I'll start with... Um, no, I've, been, I've been very much enjoying the the movies that we've that we've watched of the things that we've gotten we've gotten a lot of things and honestly like going through all of them there there are probably going to be some movies that don't tickle the fancy as much um but i think that we've really really hit a hit a stride of a very interesting um variety of of artists you know um and and we've we've gotten we've gotten to see movies that have truly push the boundaries of what a movie means you know um and I think that that's that's a lot of fun it's it's been it's been great to kind of get this like bite-sized what came out in 2022 in this like fun um rapid fire yeah you know um is there anything that we've had you know with us screener wise that you're looking forward to still watching um, I, I'm curious about the, the bodies one, um, the, the one, I, I think that it's going to be like a Texas chain, chain, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of deal. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be like that, but like raw. That's what I'm guessing. Um, but also I could be completely wrong in that. And so that's it's part of the fun. Um, I'm, if it's anything like an American raw. Or, or an American Julia Ducournau equivalent. Mm-hmm. That would be exciting. That would be thrilling. Yes, Julia Ducournau did, um, like, Tatane. Yeah, Raw and Tatane. Okay, yeah. No, for sure, honestly. Um, because those movies are, are nuts. So. And they're so um, immediately and emotionally demanding. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in the best possible way. Like... They demand an emotional response in some sort of way very quickly on. Um, no, yeah. Um, I can't, I can't, I guess, really think of, like, another movie off the top of my head that is in this pile of movies um, that, I guess, sparks some kind of, like, interest. Um, let's see. Have we, have we, have we watched all the ones that we got a box for? Yes. Okay, well then there we go. Um, no, I, 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 uh, are, and are you looking forward to Christmas? I mean, 
of course I'm looking forward to Christmas as always. Um, I think that the, I really enjoy Christmas as a holiday. I, I hate Christmas as a season. I get um, that. Cause Christmas as a season is obnoxious. Um, but I like, I like the holiday. I like the holiday a lot. Um, you know, cause also it's just a, it's a whole day that's, that's based around giving. And I think that that's really just a, a lovely thought. You know, it's not about the receiving, but I think the people have made it about receiving. Yeah. You know, it's always been, a, a, uh, this, this selfless gifts that you give to, to the people that you love, you know, not expecting anything in return, but obviously if everybody does that, then you're obviously getting things and, 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 and there, there's the rabbit hole that where we've, where we've gotten today, you know, mm. with, with capitalism and whatnot. Um, but, but I, I, I stepped down from, from my, from my soapbox. Um, I am looking forward to the holiday. Uh, I've, I put out some, some, some Christmas presents under, under our tree today. Um, so it felt. Me too. Yeah. It felt that, that much, you know, closer to actually doing the, the real deal instead of like having all the decorations, but it just being like something that we've, we've had for a month. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it feels more official. I can't believe that it's honestly, like, in two days. That's the thing that I can't get over right now. No, yeah, I mean, um, it's it's literally just there around the corner. I'm looking forward to, to Christmas as well. Uh, well. We'll probably end up at the theater that day in some capacity. Um, I've really enjoyed this month and, and the four-year consideration, you know, screeners that we've gotten. Um, again, much like you, you know, it's, it's a great just access point to things that also were, you know, quick in, quick out theatrically, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and so I have really enjoyed that sort of access, um, that has come with it. And I was talking with my manager about it the other day. Um, I was like, the other big benefit is that I now have certain movies that, you know, probably will never get released physically which is such a bummer um but i mean to your point just like the two movies that we have that we're reviewing today you know they're both on netflix but only one of them we actually got is like a is like a a hard copy of it some people got it some people got a glass onion yeah 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 yeah. oh well then they must have been high up in the the list oh 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 so i guess some people got a screener but they didn't get the box then I think that we won because I, I, on, you got a hat, you got a shirt, you got so much stuff. Like that's so, that's different. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting thing. And I, I also realized, you know, all of, all of the boxes, you know, are all Netflix things. Um, because Netflix is just hurling money at this process. Um, and so. Oh yeah, because they want to win. It's fascinating. Um, I've enjoyed everything that we've watched for, for the show. Um, and some of the stuff that we've watched outside of the show. Uh, the thing that I probably want to watch the most uh, out of what we have remaining is The Fablemans. Oh, oh, I totally forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, see, we've got so many movies. Honest, I should have studied up before you asked me that question. I would have I would have um, really had an answer for you instead of me going, I can't remember anything. I thought Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was a good answer. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, um, it's the one that I've seen the most, especially, like, advertised as mm-hmm. well, um, because they're, like you said, you know, these things are, are pushing for them. Um, I don't have no oh, idea. Oh, Tar. Tar is another one that I'm really looking forward to Oh, watching. yes, the Kate Blanchett movie. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting into some of that, especially in these coming days when I have a little bit more um, flexibility in my schedule mm-hmm. um, with time off and that sort of thing. So I'm really looking forward to, to getting into the weeds on some of that. Um, but I guess with all that said, we should go ahead and jump into what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. uh, today. And, you know, our first thing that we're reviewing is, uh, Glass Onion. Yes. Which we did not get a screener for, but we took part in the, um, promotional experience. (laughs) We'll talk about that later. Um, of seeing it in theaters, uh, like a month ago now, almost. Yeah, because it was at Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, and so, Glass Onion is a Knives Out mystery. That's the subheading. It's a continuation of the Benoit Blanc mysteries created by Ryan Johnson. Glass Onion is, of course, written and directed by Ryan Johnson. And it stars, uh, Daniel Craig returning as Benoit Blanc, Edward Norton, Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, and Madeline Klein. And the premise is famed Southern detective Benoit Blanc travels to Greece for his latest case. Oh, they're in Greece. So, uh, with all of that being said, uh, I guess for just a little bit of background... The first movie of Knives Out was done by, if I'm not mistaken, Sony. I think it's a Columbia Pictures joint or a Sony Pictures, you know, affiliated thing. And um, regardless of that, they lost the bidding war on the sequels. Mm-hmm. Whoever made the first film lost the bidding war on the follow-ups. And that's why that's why it's on Netflix now. Correct. And, uh, they won huge, you know, they, they gambled big. Ryan Johnson got an enormous payout. Um, Daniel Craig made a hundred million dollars for the two films combined. Wow. Um, and, uh, we recently, or I recently went back and, and listened to some of, you know, the commentaries on, on Knives Out and he really wanted Knives Out to be this kind of deconstruction of the genre in a very interesting way. You know, the sort of upstairs-downstairs nature of some of these stories. Um, uh, you know, the, the classic brilliant detective at the center and their, their quirks. Um, and so he, he wanted to do this whole thing. And uh, I was really curious going into it about what it was going to be like. And so then, you know, they they not only announced a second one, but a second and a third. So, um, you know, we're also, I guess, now in the middle chapter, mm-hmm. you know, before we get too deep into the discussion. And, and so with all that said, uh, dear, what did you think of Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery? I enjoyed Glass Onion a lot. Um, I think that... This movie is very clever, like the first one. Um, it 
but in a different way. You know, we have a completely different cast of characters this time. Instead of it being, you know, them linked by familial bond, it is... This is a, a group of friends that have known each other for a very long time, a, a, an, a, an acquired family of sorts. Acquired, um, them, acquired themselves at the, at the same time that they sort of acquired power as well. Yes, yes, and they've each stemmed off into different directions of what it is to, to have power. In uh, different spheres. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and... I think that this movie is very interesting. I love the, the, the whole premise of, you know, the, what the, because each, each movie is, is a play on, you know, the center point, you know, architect, architectural, um, element of the, of the films. It's, it's, you know, the, the, the glass onion is literally this, this, this glass onion of a, of a house on a hill, pretty much. Um, it's, it's a center point building of this 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 man of edward norton's home that is of this multiplex of of different buildings this this commune of of sorts that he's created you know this courtyard with his wealth um it's a monument to self yeah 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 just like the just like knives out was the you know encapsulated by the 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 sculpture of of knives you know all pointing to a center center um focal point the glass onion is where this story resides the knives out sculpture is ever present in the investigative room if we will the study Mm -hmm. of knives out here the entire thing is encapsulated inside the glass onion Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Which also evokes this idea of a strange, isolated, round place, which is also kind of what an island is. This mm-hmm. sort of strange, isolated space. And honestly, that's why I, I I didn't realize that they were in Greece. I just knew that they were on some rich guy's island, and like I had yada yada through the details of that. It could be off the coast of anywhere. No, exactly. I was like, oh, this person has money, you say. Island and wherever the hell. Continue Ah, on. tropical island where the rules don't apply. Continue. Right, 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 right. You know, not a part of America. Fantastic. You know, I... I Go had, on. I had no idea and I didn't really care to know. So just, you know, oh, Greece, fancy. It's not really like it, it leans into any... No, no, it is very... I think that they do a really good job, again, in this one, of picturing wealth in um this 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 microscopic lens you know this really like down to the nitty-gritty of of different types of wealth whereas like the last one we really focused on this generational wealth you know these people who had benefited off of a wealthy benefactor the the father father. you -hmm. know and and that trickle effect of of nepotism and how their lives have been affected by just being related to him whereas like these people's relationship is more fragile than that because they don't have the 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 easiness of being related to somebody with power. You know, when when somebody has money, when somebody has power and you are not a part of their their oh you have to you don't have to like me, but you always have to love me. Mm. You know, category of being family. Now you have to you teeter on this line of is this truly a part of my own viewpoints you know or am i just am i just sucking up to the person with power in order to keep my power and and what parts of myself do i have to sell 
in order to do that. And we get this, this, this vast array of characters who are each battling with that, you know, inner, inner conflict in different ways. You know, some of them are more willing to, to just let go of their own in order to be a part of, of the, of the wealth of the club, whereas others are truly torn by it. Um, and, and I just, I really enjoyed the, the, the dynamics of this film a lot. Is this, I, is this a perfect film? No, but it's a good time. I think that, um, you know, I guess because it is, it is a Knives, Knives Out movie. It is, it is a sequel. You know, I still have to, to look at it with its, with its original, with it, um, and I guess I do prefer the original to this one, but this one has this one is different, and this one has different um, funds that I that I find charming about it. You know, um, different plot points that you know just couldn't couldn't have been a part of Knives Out that are brought to this that are still completely and utterly Benoit. You know, I think that Daniel Craig is his is. Stealing this entire film, um, honestly, iconic moment for me in this film is this man in his in his uh, southern summer attire. His old school bathing suit, his nineteen twenties bathing suit. Literally, just you know, waltzing around in this in this in this huge you know luxurious pool. In in this, it looks like a button up shirt. And some and some khaki shorts, basically, and you know they're all the same pattern, but it's like a linen suit is what he's wearing, pretty much, and it's it's just hysterical, and I love it with his little ascot, you know, he's perfectly not correct in the picture, you know, everybody else fits in this very like modern, you know, wealth in different categories and what that means, whereas and then there's this man who is very hard pulling into this old fashioned mindset, not only with his with his with his clothing choices but the way he talks to you know this very um the southern drawl well and and it also speaks you know going back to the character you know his reverence for um uh thromby the grandma thromby mm. in knives out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i These suspect children. Yeah. That I might be the first one to, you know, wish you condolences for your son's passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and him just sitting there and, and just looking at her and going, if you don't mind, I think I might sit here, you know, because I find your company pleasant. Whereas everybody else is, is turned off by her oldness. And he's just sitting there in, in total comfortable silence with this woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that to your point, he does have this incredibly, um, almost impossible old-fashioned sensibility. No, no yeah. one was really even quite like this back then. No, yeah, but he's completely and utterly himself as well. Um, mm-hmm. I love the the Hugh Grant cameo that we get in this, you know, with his with his apron. Yeah, and it's just it's just fantastic, you know, casual. And then he's gone. You never see him again. Nope. <laughs> you don't you don't see him again. He's not mentioned again. 
Um, you know, we get some some late great cameos as well with 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 Stephen Sondheim and and Angela Lansbury both having a cameo in this mm-hmm, film mm-hmm. before before their passings. Because um, this movie was made literally in, even though it's coming out now in twenty twenty two. It was shot in peak COVID. Yeah, and, and and they get around it, you know. They but you know that this movie is made you see in the bo- you see the behind the scenes photos. Um, I I I looked at one today, and you've got Daniel Craig sitting there in the glass onion mm-hmm. at the um, Edward Norton desk where the bar sign for the glass onion is hanging behind him, mm-hmm. and um, it's just Daniel. And Ryan. And Daniel is sitting there because he's he's in the camera ready moment. You know, he's about to shoot just sitting there. But Ryan is sitting there and he's got a mask on. Well, yeah, but you can also, mm-hmm. um, you can see it in the blocking as well. There's a, there's a There's few, a distance. Yeah, there's a few clever tricks that they do, you know, that feel like movie magic. But it's it's all just perspective shots of um you know somebody is further away than we think they are, but because of the angle that it's shot in, they're yeah, closer together. Yeah, or we're doing this sort of dramatic effect of everyone being staged around the room to where someone says a line in this part of the frame that bounces to this part of the frame that bounces to this part of the frame. Exactly, you know, kind exactly. Of thing. And um, I loved the I love our um our character introduction that we get of them all on the pier. It's, 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 it's fantastic. He really brilliantly gives you much like in the, uh, Ryan Johnson very cleverly does the same trick, but different in glass onion in knives out. He introduces you to every single one of the family members in these elaborate introduction moments of interrogation Mm -hmm. because the murder of the film has already happened yes whereas when we're meeting everyone there is no murder no one is a suspect benoit is getting these people just in these raw snippet flash buys Mm -hmm. and so we're getting to watch benoit suss up these people and we're sussing them up alongside him yeah and it's perfectly centered around this moment of like of of our awareness of covid and the fact that who's wearing a mask yes! who is it what kind of mask are they taking it off immediately does someone have it under their nose you know it's 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 fascinating and it's so subtle and nobody nobody focuses on it nobody nobody says anything about it it's so natural it's just everyone's just living in that reality exactly exactly and i and i loved it because like you know, now that the now the scare has worn off, I guess, and we kind of yada yada over how we get past. Exactly, exactly. You know, it's this 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 wonderful window into these people as characters now, based on this new criteria that we all understand. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I love that. It's it's a character study, but you know, if we if we put this, if we had done something like this beforehand, it wouldn't have made any sense. We'd have been like, okay, these people are wearing masks, and it obviously is meant to imply something about them, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be grounded in something as immediately tangible. Exactly, exactly. We have a, we have a group shorthand. Yes. On this. And it's, it's great. It's, it's so subtle. And to your point, it is him understanding who these people are in a, in a flashbang 
kind of setting. It's it's fantastic. If honestly. I may, I think yeah, the, yeah, of course. Sorry, I've taken so no, much. No, no, no. You're totally fine. Uh, if I may, I think that this movie is. Less, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think that it is probably actually less compelling of mystery, but I think that it is more fun of a romp. I I totally understand. I think Knives Out is truly a brilliant mystery Mm -hmm. that subverts all of my expectations, that astounds me perpetually... Um, it's kind of like watching Christopher Nolan's The Prestige the first time. You're watching a magic trick play out in mm-hmm. the original Knives Out film. With Glass Onion, I think what you're ultimately getting into is something that is ultimately just as well-crafted. Mm-hmm. Just as clever, but more fun then it is groundbreaking. But also, I think, to a degree, that's something of the nature of a sequel, especially a sequel to something like Knives Out. I did what I set out to do with Knives Out. Mm-hmm. Is it a realistic expectation of me to say, I'm going to break every mold again? How can you, mm-hmm. to a certain degree? And I think he does manage to play with new tropes in, in exciting ways and still surprise me routinely. There mm-hmm. are definitely moments of surprise throughout the movie, but I guessed the ending much, much sooner in this movie. However, I don't mind as much because the movie is a is a fucking blast. It's yeah. an absolute romp. Yeah. So I don't mind getting to the end and going, well, that's exactly how I expected it to play out because I had a great time getting here. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely understand. Yeah. They didn't snooze me to death mm. to drop me at the door of the obvious answer. Well, I think that to your point, um, you know, the, the, the character study, if you will, has has also gotten sloppier, you know, but it's, it's not, and I guess, I I don't mean sloppier in the sense of like, that these characters aren't deeply woven into this narrative Mm -hmm. and, you know, their motives are real. I guess I mean in the sense that like, Knives Out, those were pompous, educated people. Yes, and this was a clockwork machine start to finish. This is sloppy people being sloppy people. Exactly, exactly. It's messy, it's messy, but people's lives are messy. And I think that he's also brought more of the upstairs, downstairs, um, not even necessarily the upstairs, downstairs aspect. I think that he has brought more of the social awareness to the forefront. Mm-hmm. It is present in Knives Out. It is there in Knives Out. It is part of the backbone of Knives Out. Here, I think that it is absolutely the crux. The uh, position of people to power. Well, again, it's... it's very, very much more directly. It's, 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 the, it's the difference in the quality of our rich person. Mm. Because we are coming, you know, we, we went, we, we saw old money. This is a well-oiled, fully thought-out thing. You know, how do we keep our wealth? And Harlan Thrombey was the wealthy man 
who wanted to be good, whereas these are all wealthy people who enjoy their status. Exactly, and this this is more of like the Jersey Shore version Mm. of wealth. You know, they have money, they have power, they are stupid. Yeah, they're all a little bit messy with it. They're all a little bit, um... And because it's also tied to someone that isn't necessarily blood, it's a different dynamic Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's almost, um... It's it's not this entitlement that the original had, you know. They are they were expecting that money, whereas this is is a fine line of will I have to give up my values in order to keep my funds? Well, and also one of the big differences is our power symbol here isn't dead. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Harlan is dead, so it's people fighting over a carcass. Yeah. Here, the person in the movie that has the status, that has the wealth, Mm -hmm. that people are afraid of stepping on the toes of in the midst of this murder mystery. Mm -hmm. This literal murder mystery. Is very much alive with us. Mm -hmm. And so there's also games of power being played with the living power player. And I think that... And that's a different dynamic entirely. And I think that, you know, how the the first one is very much of, like, uh, it is definitely Clue. You know, people are color-coded, you know, it's it's very, like, precise. You even have the, the old manner in, in which we live in. Now we, we don't get the, the color-coded, but we do get categories of people. We get, we get this array, this, this crayon set of, of new wealth. And you definitely, through the costuming, it's not color-coded, but everyone's costuming is, um... Specific. Blatant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's on the nose. It's loud, because you, they have to not only be entirely this character, but they also have to represent an entire type of person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have to have this array, you know, we've got our, our black scientist who is definitely, you know, the, the brother, he, he, he wears, you know, the, the African threads, the, these, these traditional. He's got like the, the, the hat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's got the, the very specific, you know, the beard, you know, the, um, he's wearing like dashikis when we like first see him. He's, he's very much like this, um. But that's funny because it's like, you know, when we, we see the backstory, that's not who he is. You know, he's fallen into this the, the further in he's gotten. He's he's gotten closer, I think, to, you know, this original persona, this 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 black identity, the further he's gone into white society. Well, and maybe that's a way to kind of like reclaim some sense of self. Mm hmm feeling lost in the midst of this wealth vacuum yeah yeah and then we've got our we've got our politician who is the who's the the overworked buttoned mom. up and in khaki yep 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 you know all the fun went out the window the moment that she had kids you know and was was deep in office exactly exactly can't slip up nope not even a little bit and then we've got the you know the airhead influencer who's just here for a good time and doesn't know a thing and is just having a it doesn't need to because thank goodness she's got all the right people in the Goop. right places. Oh yeah, yeah, completely. And then we've got her dude bro equivalent. Yep, 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 yep. Joe yep. Rogan, who's, Alex Jones, who's 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 pushing his supplements and his his you know men only perspective. And then we have the two people that were 
the right and left hand of power and the ultimate question hanging over them of which one really has power at the end of the day. And it's all this narrative of, you know, the, the, the dynamics that we live in right now, because also, you know, who is our person who has all of the power? It's Ed Norton. It's this white man. Mm-hmm. It's this white man who, 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 who is coined as a genius and, you know, can do no wrong and has all has all of this wealth, so therefore must be brilliant. And our person who is ultimately the most immediate and direct challenge to him at any given moment is a dedicated black woman. Yeah, who did the, who did the work? Mm-hmm. Who is at any time ready and able to eat his lunch because where he got to just walk in and fit the picture she had to actually have the credentials to fit the job description mm-hmm. you know and so it's it's right and left hand of power mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and it's it's really fascinating the way that they play with again not people fighting over a carcass but people living with active power dynamics mm-hmm. that are already in play. While they're trapped and that on the island. changes silence. so much of the movie. Um, I'm really looking forward to rewatching it. I hope that now that it's on streaming today, that Ryan Johnson goes and does one of his commentary tracks. Because I would oh, love to go and great. pop in a headset and, and listen to his commentary track mm-hmm. um, while rewatching the movie. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely, honestly, may put it on when I'm done recording. <laughs> I mean, honestly, shoot. I mean, we could because it's out today. Exactly. Um, so I guess with all of that said, honestly, we sort of have, I think, talked this one pretty thoroughly. Yeah. Uh, with all of that said, um, what did you think? of knives out if you had to to rate it on a at a five out of ten or out of five i think that i'll give glass glass onion excuse me um i think that i'll give glass onion i'm gonna give glass onion a four um i think that this movie is a lot of fun i think that this movie still surprised me a lot um but i felt like this movie was sloppier yeah um, and I have to, and I just have to give it the, that knockoff for that. But I still had a blast watching this movie. Um, and to your point, want to watch it again. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a totally fair score. I could keep talking about the movie, but I also sort of feel like if I continue going, I'm going to start venturing into spoiler territory. And no, yeah, I've been trying really hard. Exactly. And so, um... Uh, that's also why I'm sort of, I guess, curtailing it a little short. I don't want to give too much away. Yes, 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 yes. The joy is the mystery. We exactly. didn't watch any trailers before watching this movie. No, no, we just knew that it was associated with Glass Onion. And it's Ryan Johnson who doesn't have any misses. Hey, Last Jedi haters, I just said Ryan Johnson has no misses. So, uh... You didn't like the plot because you're boring. That's right. Um, and so with all that being said, um, you know, we went into this looking forward to it. We saw it in theaters. Oh, I would like to talk about this after we give it a score. Okay. Um, we went and we saw it in theaters and 
I left thrilled. Yeah. You know, I left absolutely elated with the experience that I had. Mm-hmm. And I was so glad that I saw it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, because Knives Out is one of the movies that I sadly did not get to see on the big screen for various reasons. You know, at the time I was just busy. Um, and so getting to see Glass Onion on the big screen was truly a delight. I loved the movie. I'm going to give it a four and a half. It okay. is messier, but I think that ultimately... For me, a lot of the fun and the prestige of it still carried it through, still held its water. Um, and so even though it's a little bit off, it's only off for me, I think, by by just that little bit. Um, and I had a great time with it. I still think Knives Out is the ultimately far superior movie, but Glass Onion is a spectacular time. Glass Onion is one of the best times that you can have at a movie this year. And I and I give it a four because of the fact that I know that Ryan Johnson can do spectacular work. Yes. Um, I think that you would really enjoy Brothers Bloom. Okay. Which is one of his, I think, more slept on movies. Um, I, I love his filmography across the board. Uh, going back to the theatrical thing. So Netflix released it for a week in theaters, and it did gangbusters. I think we talked about this back um, in our Thanksgiving time frame or early December. Um, it did gangbusters. It did fantastic numbers to the point that st- uh, the, the, the theater chains looked at Netflix and said, please let us extend the engagement. And, and Netflix said, no. Remember when you could um, rent actual, like, discs from Netflix? You still technically can. Nobody uses that anymore. No. But this could have been, you know, they could have come full circle and and become a movie theater. And instead they were like, no, 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 no. But then people will definitely not buy into our scheme. Um, and so I think that it was a huge mistake to not ex- extend the engagement, not just because it was going to allow the movie to make money, which would have made the money men happy, but I think it would have allowed, you know, them to see as a studio how popular truly an original title with a mid-budget in a theater release with good marketing could be. Yeah, you know, but the like thing is, how is it people used to be. Do not want to put money or time into mid budget things anymore. Because they're mid budget. Because you either go big or you well, go. Well I guess home. we can't technically call it mid budget. Daniel did cost fifty. Well, I mean, I guess we take that out of consideration. This movie is uh, an easy enough film you know we do not have that many set changes we are in a pretty one locale for a really long time and then the other parts are are parts of of apartments you know and and small i mean if the cast weren't a-listers this would yes 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 to your point um and so i think that it's a i think it's a real shame it didn't get a longer release i think it's silly to consider theatrical engagements promotional opportunities 
um, that's offensive and stupid. Because also, um, every single time somebody wants to watch that movie, they now have to buy a ticket. And instead, you're like, oh, well, we're already getting them to pay a monthly fee. So now they can literally watch and, this and film. Drop out, whereas you might get people, yeah, coming in routinely. Yeah. I mean, honestly, because also, you know, it's a movie theater. There are only, like, maybe... 15, 20 movies at a time in a theater that you can choose from. Netflix, you have thousands of options at this point, and you're dropping hundreds a day. So do you really think that you're going to be, that you're actually making your bang for your buck on this deal, even when I'm spending X amount per month? Because a movie ticket is, is the cost of Netflix a month each time I go. I've got a great but very expensive idea for Netflix. Expensive on their half? Yeah, expensive on their half. They're not going to do it then. A uh, Knives Out mystery story Bandersnatch style. Oh, that would be very expensive. Uh, A branching narrative where you get to play as Benoit and other people making decisions, you know, throughout. But then it's also at the end, you know, you always technically get your guy. It's like a, it's like a, one of those murder mystery shows where like, um, anybody can be the killer and therefore. It's, It's almost like the original Clue movie where there were like three different endings. Exactly, exactly, exactly. No, 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 no. They're gonna. They're never gonna do this because. But it's a great idea. Yeah, but they don't have any great ideas, and that's why they're <laughs> not gonna do it. Um, but no, I really enjoy this movie. I'm so sad if you didn't get to see it in theaters, but I urge you to go and watch it at home on Netflix. It's a great movie. Definitely go and watch it. Yes. Um, it is truly one of the best things that you can watch this year if you have It's such seen a great. I mean, honestly, just watch it purely for how much fun Kate Hudson is having. Watch it for how much fun Daniel Craig uh, is having. No, honestly, the entire cast is, is having a great time. I mean, look at Ed Norton. He hasn't been funny. Janelle Monet? Literally, um, John Batista. Dave Batista. Dave Batista. Oh my gosh. I'm tired. <laughs> uh, and so. I guess with all that said, we should go ahead and get into our our other movie, which is extra exciting because it comes out next week. Woo! Uh, so our next film is Noah Baumbach's White Noise. Uh, it stars Adam Driver, Greta Gerwig, Don Cheadle, and Andre Benjamin. Mm, Andre the Giant Benjamin. A.K.A. Andre 3000. That's right. And the premise is, uh, at once hilarious and horrifying, lyrical, absurd, ordinary and apocalyptic, white noise dramatizes a contemporary American family's attempts to deal with the mundane conflicts of everyday life while grappling with the universal mysteries of love, death, and the possibility of happiness in an uncertain world. Uh, it was written and directed by, of course, Noah Baumbach. It's based on a book by Don DeLillo. And I guess I'll go ahead and uh, kick this bad boy off. 
We saw a trailer for this, and I didn't really know what to expect. Walking away from the movie, I found myself with a... um, At once very immediately answering, you know, sort of movie, but also at times a very absolutely um, novel-like experience, you know, in terms of the film does read like a book at times. Yeah. Um, With, you know, metaphor that, you know, sometimes is at, at, at times immediately gratifying, but some that you have to really chew on. And I think that it is not certainly a film for everyone in any kind of um, crowd-pleasing way. But I did find it to be, um, for me, fascinating, um, and incredibly personal, and very grounded, and I think that Noah Baumbach definitely struck gold casting Greta Gerwig and especially Adam Driver um, in their respective lead parts, and um, and it's a movie that I have definitely been thinking about since I I saw it. What do you think? That's fair. Gosh, what have I? Who is Greta Gerwig? Babette. Yeah. Um, she's been around for a while. She has acted in things. She has directed as well. I really don't know where you would immediately know Greta Gerwig from. Um, oh, she's the friend in House of the Devil. The one that gets murdered. The friend that drops her off at the house and picks her, is supposed to pick her up, that ends up getting shot. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Gosh, when did that come out? Oh, that's a Ty West film. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's 2009. Um, And she's been just sort of appearing in things since then. No strings attached. The Ashton Kutcher... uh, Natalie Portman rom-com that it came out the same year as Friends with Benefits with Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake. Because they're the same movie? She was in To Rome With Love, uh, which I think is a Woody Allen film. She was in at least an episode of Portlandia. Um, she's, She's just sort of been around for a while. Well, she needs to, she needs to come out of hiding. Um, and not just being around, but, but, but being actively focused upon. Um, I thought that this movie was intoxicating. Um, I, this movie, um, you, you were, you, you, you said that it reminded you of like a, of a novel, like a book. And I looked at this film and said that this is a play. I think that's fair. People monologue. Yeah, people people monologue, but there's also this kind of um, 
choreography, this 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 otherworldly um, motion that that happens, you know, because because people don't obviously do this, you know, people don't walk in choreography on a regular basis, and and I think that's the thing that really brought me into it being like a play, and these very staged movements, these very focused on. Um, these very staged line readings, these very quick deliveries to hit yeah. a cadence. Yeah, um, and it's and it's 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 such an interesting film. Um, I need to rewatch this movie. I know that I do because the the first time was you know was the, the it was the first time watching it. it. It hit me all with all of the emotional impact that it was supposed to at the times that it was supposed to. But you know, emotions can be distracting from like what people are actually saying. You know, because I, cause I'm too focused on how I'm feeling. Um, but I, I think that this movie does something that, that people do, that movies do not do. Uh, people don't focus on on the emotions that this movie, like, that this movie's really through line is. It, which is, which is, how do you cope with death? You know, what is it? How do you cope with death? How do you cope to a degree with with being alive because i think at the end of the day the 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 coping with being alive is still connected to this idea that one day you're not going to yeah exactly you know this the, the how do i how do i comprehend what this means and we get these like vignettes of different versions of what you know this fear of death this what is death um, with 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 the 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 children focusing on the um the car crash Children focused on car crash. He's focused on Hitler, this man who committed genocide, murder, Mm -hmm. to become immortal. Don Cheadle is focused on Elvis, another figure who cheated death. By dying young. Exactly. You know, and, and is now immortal. Exactly. No, and um, I, I loved the fact that it was set in this, like, 80s world. It reminded me of almost, like, um, the same colorful 80s crayon that um stranger things uses you know is their their 80s filter well it's funny that you mentioned that for me when i was really watching this movie one of the big influences i felt was spielberg especially early spielberg jaws close encounters where you have like these scenes of people just chitter chattering over each other Mm-hmm. And people are having the same conversation, but different conversations, especially close encounters of the third kind. Mm-hmm. You've got the dad talking about, oh, we should go and we should watch this movie. You guys seen Pinocchio? Hey, dear, if the kids seen Pinocchio, they don't want to watch Pinocchio. I want to go and see that, you know, and it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all it's of the, this. It's that, 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 that opening scene of, of um, Home Alone, you know, where it's all of the family all together. Yes. You know, it's this, it's this, this organized chaos. Mm-hmm. That's happening because also this movie the polka, does a polka polka scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because but this movie does a great job of 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 having a of a rhythm to them. You know, all of those scenes with this 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 blended family that we're watching. Um, that it has a it has a rhythm to it. You know, it's 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 something that that people who grew up in quiet households are not aware of is this you can have five different conversations going on at the same time that are the same conversation happening that everybody else you know is understanding but also ignoring it you know it's it's yeah you're either a part of it or not 
It's 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 fascinating, and I. It's like I, Sondheim lyrics. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is this this acceptance of chaos and. Um, the cow was white as milk. The hair, you know. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. Um, and I I loved the way that this movie almost fe- fell into this magical realism of um almost like a Napoleon Dynamite world where it's this isn't a real place. But these are real people and these are real emotions. But then there are moments where we get really dramatic and it feels like Shakespeare. And it's great. And I love it. You know, it's almost like um, it's almost like Mike Flanagan, where he he gets really hard into the monologues and in his horror stuff where this was like really digesting this topic of what is death and what do we feel about it? Um, Um, Noah Baumbach. For, I guess a little bit of perspective as well as we head into further this conversation if you aren't overly familiar with his work he's done one movie for Netflix that I very much enjoy the Meyerowitz stories which I think you would very much like mm-hmm. but he is also um the co-writer on the life aquatic oh that makes a lot of sense and fantastic uh Mr. Fox Okay, 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 okay. Which is super funny because before you said that, I was like, you know, he reminds me a lot of Wes Anderson. That's fantastic because I was, I was, I was going to say, I was like, you know, after this thought, I'm going to put a pin in my thought and I'm going to say it, and it was going to talk about the fact that um, it it almost feels like because I was um, it was it was going to be the uh, oh gosh, it's the one about the family. Um, the Royal Tenenbaums. The Royal Tenenbaums. Yes, it's it's this this mirror into this um, colorful world. I I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Honestly, um, I loved how weird it was. I loved the weird format of it. I loved the fact that it wasn't just told to me in in a very specific way of, you know, this is this is flat out reality. I. I appreciated John um, Don Cheadle having a role that was so much fun. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody is having so much fun, and I'm 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 ecstatic about the fact that I get to see Adam Driver chewing it up, not in a bad way, but he's got a a role that he can sink his teeth into. Uh, and I guess that's why I'm like this thing just. Or he's not me. a heartthrob. He's yeah, not a he's no. not a romantic flame. He's not a he's not a Heathcliff from Wuthering Heights. No, 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 you not know. here, not now. You know, this definitely isn't the one that's about uh, medieval rape. Um, yes, uh, the last duel. The last duel. Uh, no, this isn't that, and and it's and it's and it's fantastic. This you know? smoldering romantic lead. He's a dad with a receding hairline who's a professor. And and I loved the fact that we went on all these random storylines that almost end up nowhere, but complete this picture of this family and what they're going through while the world is going to chaos. They still have the things that they want to figure out. Well, and, um, you know, ultimately, if you look at every Noah Baumbach story, at the crux of them are family dynamics. You know, you look at the life aquatic. Steve and his wife are on the outs. He constantly commits acts of infidelity. He meets his son. His friend and maybe kind of almost true love of his life dies right at the same time that he meets this person that is maybe his son. 
Um, but he also has this other adoptive son figure in this strange German man. You know, Kate Blanchett is here at this moment of birth where the father doesn't want to be involved. And again, you've got this guy stepping up to be the father of this kid that isn't even his, who mm. ultimately ends up then dying tragically. You know, it's all of these conglomerating moments of an echo of the similar theme. And I think that you see that again kind of here, where all of these people are grappling with, what's my role? Mm-hmm. What's my part in, in a family, in the world, in a world that is heading towards ultimately, for everyone, the end? Yeah. Yeah. And is it is it childish to think about the fact that my life is going to end? You know. Or should I just accept it and and stop being so self-pitying about the fact that my life is going to end? And also look at the fact that I am alive right now and there are people around me with me. And how am I supposed to deal with any and all of this fact? And And how am I supposed to deal with feelings of guilt over the fact of the fact that I'm afraid about dying? And honestly, I loved the I loved the family so much in this film great dynamics there were there was not a character within this family that i felt like didn't belong there that wasn't standing their own ground in this in this weird you know um world that we've built i thought that they did a phenomenal job this is this is this is probably one of the moments that i'm that i'm applauding child acting i think that i think that all of these kids did a great job you know obviously not all of them are children but I think that they, um, you know, the, the younger daughter, um, I think that she was, she did a smashing job, you know, she was, she, 10 out of 10, um, because this is, this is weird, this is a weird thing to do, and not just playing normal is hard, and I think that, you know, they, because of the fact that I, I loved the fact that all of their lines almost bled into the, the next person's thought, it was, I want I want I want this on on I want this on paper. I want a well, copy of this. We well, can read the book. Um and I'll tell you why I think you almost read it as a COVID story because it's based on a book that was written before COVID. Mhm. It's because COVID is ultimately the for the last few years absolute address of our own existential crisis that everything death could come tomorrow for anybody for my loved ones this thing hanging over us like a cloud that you can't do anything about because if it passes over me it passes over me and i get it Mm -hmm. or I get it, but then I'm, you know, I'm living with this thing for, I'll just lit, I'll just die a few years before I was supposed to, but what, what does that even mean in the theoretical sense of what my life was going to be anyway? It shortened my life by 15 years. What an abstract idea for me right now. Yeah, because that means that, great, if I lived to be 100, then I would die at 85. That's still, but if I was supposed to live to 85, you know, what is that? That means that I'm going to die at 60. Shit, that's 10 years from now. You know? And so I think that that, you know, it, 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 I think that when we first started watching it, you talked about, you know, we took a little pause break and you talked about how for you it was kind of reading a little bit like a COVID thing. And I think mm-hmm. that it's because 
COVID is essentially an ultimate existential challenge Mm -hmm. to our concept of longevity and how long we're supposed to be here. You know, and I think that this kind of leans into, let's bring it all the way around. I think that this leans a lot into, into also what we, the themes that we were getting in Guillermo's Pinocchio, you know, with the fact that, um, death is such a prominent theme that also that means that there has to be, you know, acceptance. And purpose. Yeah, you know, what is, you know, this, 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 this idea that we don't focus on, you know, nobody likes to talk about death, you know, unless, unless we get to see it in some big flashy thing. Well, and I I guess that that also goes back to, um, some of the discussions also, you know, that, that were at play, honestly, with a lot of movies that we talked about throughout the entire month. Mm Mm-hmm. The fragility of life. The, the fragility of the bonds between us. What mm-hmm. is it to be human? What is it to be alive? What is it to experience life? Where does one find place? No, yeah, honestly, I think that COVID has really put out an entire um, new perspective on art for or that that is that is that is changed from here on until until because because now you know because of the fact that we 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 have all lost so much during this time, you know whether it be whether it be loved ones whether it be you know the trips never taken memories never gotten you know and i um, think that we're also so hyper aware of how like fragile our own sensibility is the yeah. coldest winter in a century a once in a lifetime storm but also we've lived through multiple once in a century hurricanes you know and yeah you know it's knowing this, it's that this... we're in this place of vulnerability and flux it's it's really interesting to to see the theme build around itself, you know, um and and it also come as is not a shock to the system, you know. I I'm looking at these films and and finding almost um reaffirmation. Yeah, yeah, the things that I have been feeling but also new closure as well for for things that I I haven't I haven't, you know, dug down and and accepted of 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 my own you know mortality um i think that this i think that this is this is this is this is a a new chapter in in film um in when we when we get into you know the 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 serious films now now we are always gonna have the fast 12s of the world gal gadot Um, coming in fast 10 bring her back she's they're gonna write her in they're gonna they're gonna do another they were alive the whole timer that's right ah um so if you had to rate white noise out of five what would you give it i think i'm gonna give white noise a four and a half um i think that this movie i think that i need another watch of this movie honestly i think that this movie was too smart for me um I, I, but that's also why I want to see it written down is because there's a lot of times when there's a lot of people talking at once and I do want to see what everybody is saying, you know, um, but no, I think that I'm, I think that I'm going to stick with, I think I'm going to stick with a four and a half. Um, at the end of the day, I felt like the presentation based on the, just the way that it was presented to me was a lot of information at once um that i think could have could have um 
given a little bit more breath mm. in between the beats just to just to allow for for those moments to land because I felt like this movie was just like constantly moving at a like and then this is now yeah I mean added. it's two sixteen and it is a dense two sixteen yeah 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 and like I love Mike Flanagan he is a he is a dense that's a dense writer right there um but I always end up going oh man it ended too soon where this thing I was like we have been talking for five whole minutes and i'm still not sure what this scene is supposed to be and i about. haven't digested a, a drop yet yeah I, yeah once yeah, it's yeah. over i will know what it was supposed to be about because you're gonna give me a time to time to digest it right right you know but then we just we go on to a different topic and i think that for me i just i it just could have used a little bit more neatening but I think that's I also the messiness to... of adaptation as uh, well. You yeah, know, you're yeah, taking yeah, yeah. a movie or a novel, you know, and bringing it down. No, you're you're totally right, honestly. Um I think that I I would I would very much love to to read the the source material for this. This was this was very interesting and I think that this I think that um I think that Adam Driver deserves whatever nominations he got for this so far none i think that he deserves a nomination for this um no i think that this is one of my favorite adam driver roles i'm going to go and i'll I'll give it a four and a half as well um i was thinking a four mm-hmm. i'll come around to a four and a half i um, love that we leaned in different directions uh i think it's I think it's really, really interesting, and it's a it's a movie that I I actively do want to, to sit with and think about and introspect. Um, and again, I'm not sure that it's for everyone, but I I really enjoy a good story that is about family, frailty, um and i think that ultimately this does a, a great job of of playing into noah bombach's strengths as a storyteller of of telling really earnest human stories mm. Mm. because ultimately at the end of the day you can kind of take the things that are sort of odd about this and chuck them mm. and you're left with just this um this painfully gripping painfully real human story you know yeah yeah you're totally right i was I, um this movie reminds me almost like like everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. it's this this big bright colorful expressive way of telling me about a hard topic yeah. about people struggling about you know something that is not that great but allowing it to be given in a way that is that is unlike anything else that you, that you can't look away from, you know. I mean, it literally essentially explains how someone falls into a trump. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, without ever making a trump figure in the movie, it very succinctly throws out, and this is how literally even the best person that you know can just fall for something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, also I I loved the fact that they were they had all these, 
you know, the pe- bringing in people to listen to these speeches, uh, the fact that it was focused on these these college professors, you know, for a good portion of it was was so fascinating. Um, because also it was in this time period of the 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 eighties, you know, where people were were less connected than they are now, and so things like this. The, the prestige of these college professors actually meant something to this universe. But you know, also just... at a time, some sometimes because Adam Driver religiously wears, uh, I said religiously, because he, he religiously wears his his uh, robe, mm-hmm. he also at times looks pseudo-biblical. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. He almost looks like a preacher or But I think that that's also, um, you know, the things that they're they're leaning into with this, the 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 the, the act of persuasion through um, you know, the the authority of a figure, you know, whether it be your professor or a pastor, the 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 persuasion that that words or the person that says that they have an answer for your greatest fear. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Mm-hmm. And they may not know anything because I loved that scene where he's he's he and and Don Jeetle are 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 playing off of each other in this weird game of of tennis, but it's also a tango of of them immortalizing their 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 figure of choice mm-hmm. through the the similarities of them mm-hmm. and the the fact that that somehow we we managed to walk out of that scene and say maybe Hitler and Elvis are actually like similar dudes. And that's something that the average film could not have done. Yeah. Um, Definitely do go and check out White Noise next week. It comes out on Netflix uh, just in time for the new year. Uh, So you've got your New Year's plans, folks. Um, But please definitely watch White Noise. It's, It's exciting for us to bring you something, you know, that is, again... Uh, not out for 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 mass consumption yet, so please go and and check yeah, that out. Such a such a good such a good watch. Honestly, um, I could I could I could talk about this movie for quite some time, but I don't want to spoil anything else. No, I could have talked about both of them for much longer, but here we are. Uh, and with all that said, happy holidays, film buds. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you one more time before the year is out. Because this is a long-ass month. Uh, and so definitely come back next week. Check out last week's episode. If you have the time off, enjoy it. If you don't, try and, and, and enjoy the time that you do get to yourself when you have some. Uh... Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Dear, do you have anything that you would like to say to the listeners? Um, we've got some crazy weather coming, guys. Like, across this half of the United States, you know, literally split down the middle. Um, stay safe. Stay warm. Um, you know, this time of year is about giving. Doesn't have to be a big thing. Give something that you love to someone you love. Even if it's time. Even if it's time, because at the end of the day, time is fleeting and uh, memories and these moments should be treasured. So, you know, even if it's just a phone call. Yeah. Happy holidays, you folks. And if you don't care for the holidays. Have They're a almost happy, done. Have a happy evening. 
That's right. And a happy weekend. I love that. That's good. That's good. I was over here being like, man, they're almost over. Just bear through it a little longer. You know? New Year's, nothing happens after New Year's. But uh, we will catch you guys next week. Yes, we will. Bye. Bye.